Southeast Radio's morning mix. Southeast Radio. Good morning, and thank you so much for having me on. And no, it's not lost on me. I just love that interview because I think it's brilliant. Just. Uh, the younger you get into performing, the better. And uh, best of luck to them. I hope they have a great production. And Al, have you any memories of actually being in school musicals yourself? Did you ever do any of them? Yeah, I suppose we did, but I had a terrible uh, penchant for going off script. So, you know, it didn't matter whether we were doing Phantom of the Opera or not. I always tried to, you know, get my five or ten minutes of interacting with you. It, whether it was Phantom or Hairspray, I turned it into the Dumbelievables and went into the audience and started slagging the teachers. Yeah. So I wasn't the best fella to cast. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, listen, I always performed. And particularly in the in the Gwail Talk, I, I used to get up and that was really where I did my first bits of stand-up. Really? Because, yeah. Well, yeah, because I was 13 or 14 and I had been in pantomimes in the Olympia Theatre and they were having a talent competition, a Comortus Talent in the Gaelcock hmm. and I said well I don't have a talent, my talent is acting and if I don't have a script I, I, there's nothing I can do and uh, a lovely teacher there called Tony Magoo and it's funny when you remember a great te- teacher, it's really special yeah. Tony said, you don't need to uh, act with somebody else, he said just come up with some funny things and say them yourself yeah. And lo and behold, I was up there dressed up as a nun or an Irish dancer and doing kind of, a, I suppose, an early version of stand-up comedy from the time I was 14. Oh, very good. Uh, actually, uh, my brother is, uh, my youngest brother is in Limerick, thank God, because if he heard me announce this today, he'd never speak to me again. But just when it comes to school musicals, we were reminiscing. He played the lead in, I think it was one of St. Peter's College's early uh, productions of Brigadoon. But he'll kill me for this. He played the female lead. <laughs> in those days, <laughs> in the, where, where was an all boys or all girls school? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, these days, I don't know, in pantomime, we still have the tradition, like, I'm writing and directing the Olympia's Panther this year, we still have the tradition of uh, the dame. But uh, I don't know in schools whether they still drag up or not, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, but that's very much part of Panto tradition, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we did try and do hairspray one year in my school, but hairspray is about segregation, racial segregation in America. Yeah. But we didn't have enough racial diversity in the school. So, uh, yeah. to be honest, nobody could tell the difference between the two groups that were supposed to be separated. They were sitting there going, what's the difference between these? Is it because those ones are ginger or what's the difference? You know? well, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm led to believe now that if you want to put on that show, you have to have the racial diversity or they won't grant you the rights. Have you heard that? I think that is the case now. I'm proper you know what? It probably makes sense with that one, yeah. Yeah. Okay, how are you? You're on your way to the Spiegel tent. What have you got in store for us? Well, actually, I'm on the way down now as we speak because, uh, as you know, I've been gone off the scene for a good few years now. The last time I did a tour, I mean, I think the last time I did a national tour was seven years ago. But the last time I did gigs was six years ago. And as we know and is well documented in the papers and the show doesn't shy away from it, uh, you know, I came under a lot of very public criticism and people expected a lot better of me when they when I was younger. And, you know, as I said to I say to everybody, in many ways, they were very right. You know, I was very immature and juvenile and stupid when I was younger. I had a lot of lessons to learn. And in those last six years away from gigging, I just had time in my life to course correct and to get myself back on the right track and to go, okay, well, people were saying I wasn't responsible enough for these opportunities. Uh, I needed to get off the drink. I needed to get off any kind of uh, recreational drugs. I needed to be more respectful and mature. And uh, I took that time. And really, it's just that personal time to mature 
And now I'm back gigging, and this uh, Wexford Spiegel tent is one of the first big gigs that I'm doing back, and uh, the show is called Al Porter Now, and I think it really surprises people in the sense that it's, it's fun, it's funny, it's very personal, it's very honest. Uh, I don't shy away from the elephant in the room. Right. And I suppose if you were going to say, well, what is it about? I hate going, what is it about? Because it's just about having a laugh and being okay. funny. And there are many, many jokes. But if it's about anything at all, it's about the, the, the journey uh, of a young man changing his life for the better, trying to be a better person. And, and there are lots of words for that you can call it redemption you can call it right. rehabilitation you can call it anything you want but it's about growing up right and that particular chapter that turbulent period in your life um, um it's constantly brought up in radio interviews it's constantly brought up in, in press interviews and you you have to answer questions to it what can you share with me this morning about that aspect and that part of your life um that you'd like to get out there in the open air as you move on with your life well the first thing i would say is I don't resent anybody for bringing it up because you can't sweep it under the carpet and say, oh, well, that, you know, that's all in the past. And that, you know, you have to be responsible to your past and own it and say that was me at a time in my life. Now, it was very complicated. There were a lot of things said uh, back in 2017. And some of the things were very, very fair and criticisms that I needed to take on board and lessons that I like, needed to Like learn. what? I mean, I, I, mean I, I don't want to get into a legal uh, argument over this, but what can you share yeah. with us, please, that, that can kind of give an overview from all sides to this story, please? Oh, I suppose... Uh, what you mean? You mean what kind of lessons did I have to learn? Yeah, well, maybe even a little summary of what actually happened, Al, just from your perspective and how how now you've managed to move on. But you're constantly you're, you're constantly referring to this chapter in your life. But can you share with us in in, a, in a, 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 an edited version, really, what actually happened? Yeah, I suppose the the most uh, concise thing that I can say is that. Uh, some people who knew me when I was uh, 19, 21, uh, 23, this kind of period, 19 to 23, uh, were calling me out for poor behaviour, uh, uh, inappropriate behaviour and, and misconduct. Obviously, on the legal side of things, there was, uh, one, uh, there was one kind of uh, case that was uh, dropped and there was another thing that was investigated and found that I kissed the person on the cheek and they were uncomfortable and I've apologised for that. But that's the kind of legal stuff which you can kind of put in one bracket. But at the end of the day, what people were saying was, this guy is not respectful enough. You know, he's not a good enough colleague. Uh, the, the, the jokes that he's making, the way he is acting around us, it's making people uncomfortable and, they don't, and, and we don't like it. And, uh, and that's not okay. He needs to be better than that. And I did need to be a better person, a better colleague, and a better friend to people. And I did have a lot of lessons to learn. And that's why I suppose I, I did walk away from everything I was doing. I was on Blind Date and I was on uh, uh, radio and all that. And I walked away from everything. I did well, six years of therapy. I mean, the, I, I still go to therapy. I think it, it benefits everybody. I'm three years sober. I got myself sober. And now when I gig with people... Uh, I'm, I'm proud to say that anybody I gig with would say, well, I, yeah, I'm very professional, he's very mature, and he's very respectful. And it's a great regret of mine that that was not always the case. Can you talk to me a little bit, of, uh, uh, because you may help people out there who might be struggling with alcohol at the moment. You say you are now sober for three years. Uh, what, what has that newfound sobriety brought to your life? 
Yeah, well, I mean, listen, on a, uh, uh, on a light note, you know, I often joke with people, I, I make them laugh by saying, well, listen, the thing is, uh, when I gave up the drink, I had major realizations. It turns out I'm not even gay. And, you know, it, that kind of breaks the ice with people. But the fact is, uh, alcohol can become, it can become a crutch in your life that, to begin with, it's, it's, it's not so bad. And then it's very, it's, 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 how would you even describe it? It can get into your life in very uh, subtle ways. And suddenly you can find I actually don't have a life at all without alcohol. And it's, it's anybody who is thinking alcohol or, or drinking or drugs or anything is getting in the way of me being the person that I know yeah. I could be. You know, there is so much help out there. You can go to a meeting. You can go to a counsellor. You can talk to somebody. Right. And, it, and it can be done because my drinking was very, very heavy at one point. And uh, I'm glad to say yeah. that since I gave up drink, everything has improved. I mean, nothing was changing at all until I uh, got myself sober and started to hold myself to account and say, you need to do better. And then my relationships with my family, my friends, my boyfriend uh, were better. And suddenly now, two or three years later, right. as I say, I'm back working. It's incredible. And let's look at now the aspects of your life. And I want to get on to the Spiegel Tent gig as well, because it's directly opposite the radio station. And Brian Byrne and his team at Lantern have brought a whole new dimension to a- entertainment. These guys are real. This team are real trailblazers. And I have to acknowledge that. And the Spiegel Tent looks ab- absolutely magnificent on the key. You are in for an absolute treat. But talk about this newfound love, this partner of yours. You're not afraid. <laughs> you're not afraid to mention him. And you're not afraid to the fact that he's, he's quite posh. Is that right? Yeah, well, I'm seven years with uh, my partner now. He's very shy. Uh, seven years, that's 49 years in gay years, you know. Why is that? Well, well, it's just because we do <laughs> we do it in dog years, you know. But that's how the, gay, that's how the gays do it. But we're, lo- we're together a, uh, a long time now. And Mike, is a, he's a great guy. He's, he's very supportive. He is a little bit posh. I always say it's like pretty woman. You know, except he's not paying me. But his family are quite uh, are quite posh. I mean, I give you an example. I was in his kitchen the other day, and I didn't know that there was. You know the way there's that place Toulouse in France. Yeah. But apparently there are Toulouse sausages. But I didn't know that. And so the mother was saying, well, if you'd like something to eat, you know, there are two loose sausages in the fridge. And I was going, Janie, I can't imagine, not very appetizing, two loose sausages rolling around the fridge, you know. So I'm forever getting things wrong, you know. Or when they're talking about pasta and they're saying, I like tagatelli, I like tortelloni, and I thought we were talking about football. I'm going, I like trapattoni, so maybe we should give Stephen Kenny a chance. So listen, I... They're, they're quite posh. They, he is right. a different upbringing to me. But he's been with me for seven years. He does come into the show. The two of us uh, split our time either living with our parents yeah. um, or in on an island off Donegal, yeah. which is a beautiful place to live. An island off Donegal? Where? <laughs> Aaron Moore Island. That's a, a, a fabulous place. Yeah. I, I, as I say, at the Grail Talks, that's where I went when I was a kid. Right. And I love being there. Uh, they, they do have a gay community on the island as well. It's, it's just one man called Jamie. All right. Yeah. Is your, how would you describe your comedy? Is it observational comedy? Um, well, it's observational about my own life. <laughs> Is it observational no. about, because I'm told that you do a little uh, uh, piece on Tuberty and uh, Keelty. Well, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, listen, my comedy is, it might as well be the diaries of Al Porter, you know, read aloud. So if it's, if, 
if it's come into my head, it's going to come out. So I'm not necessarily in the Jerry Seinfeld camp of being able to observe, you know, why do people do this in restaurants or why do people do that in airports? It's a, all of the stories tend to be from my own life, real life, confessional type things. But yeah, with I mean, with Tuberty and Keelty, what I <laughs> during the summer there, do you remember when everybody was saying, uh, I, I don't want to do the late late. I turn it down. Yeah. Everybody, that was very popular to say that for a while. Even your granny was going, <laughs> oh, I don't think I'll do the late late. I turn down the late late. And for a little while, I was sitting at home going, I think it's going to be me. Yeah. They're going to have to, they're going to run out of people. I think they're going to have to ask me. Yeah. Uh, but, but in the end, they had to go to Northern Ireland to find someone to do it. Yeah. But I like, I like Ryan. I like Ryan. I, I tease him. I tease him. You know, yeah. I've lost a lot of weight in recent years. And I, as I say, six years of scandal and the weight will fall off you. Uh, and then, you know, if that's the case, Tuberty will disappear. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually have a, I, I, I know Ryan down through the years, uh, uh, but I also have a huge, uh, uh, a lot of time for, for Patrick Keelty because uh, I met him on a couple of occasions and the life that man has led, I think he's great empathy. So uh, uh, listen, I, I wish I him well. He's fantastic. I met him on, uh, he used to host a show called Delete, Delete, Delete on mm. BBC Northern Ireland. Yeah. And he couldn't have been kinder and funnier, and I think he's doing a great job. Um, okay. He really is. I, 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 and actually, I won't be watching it tonight, though. You'll just have to watch it tomorrow, hmm. because I'm doing a gig in Waterford tonight. That'll kick off the tour in the Waterford Theatre Royal. There are still a few tickets left for that. And then the Spiegel tent uh, on Saturday is, I mean, it's, it's sold out. There's about 10 tickets left if people want to get the last one. All right. Al Porter, so you go to lantern.ie, isn't it, to get the tickets there for that? We'll get the actual That's detail. The one. Lantern. Right. Wish, wish you the very best look for the future. And thank you for your honesty this morning, uh, Al. And uh, look, I, I know Wexford will give you a warm welcome. Well, look, I really, really appreciate that. And uh, I appreciate you having me on. And I appreciate all of the punters and the people giving me a second chance because real second chances are very rare to come by in this life and you must be very grateful when you get one and say, okay, I messed up, but I'm so glad that you're willing to give me a shot to show you the better person I could be today and to be funny. Thank you, Al. Good morning Thank to you. Thank you. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Southeast.